Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, ladies, gentlemen, cats, dogs, parakeets, everybody, welcome to the grand show that is... Grown men watch this shit. Yep. Budget regards. Budget regards. <laughs> I, uh... What, what are the main domestic birds that y- you folks have in America, my friend? Um, I, I probably know a bit more than the average lad because I did work at quite a few pet stores. Here, Ooh. let me crack open my liquid death water. Mm, it's delicious. So, uh, yeah, we got, uh, macaws, we got conures, uh, we got macaws are pretty, pretty upscale though, right? Like you have to be a pretty serious bird owner to get a macaw. Um, there's, there's, there's a, there's a whole variety of birds out there, sir. Yeah, I thought they're like the really expensive, smart ones that'll live to yeah, like twenty-five uh, or something. Yeah, there's macaws and there's uh, Amazons. I actually grew up not only working at a pet store, but had three birds in my home personally. We had uh, an orange wing Amazon, which was Stormy. That was my Car- uh, stepmom Karen's bird, and they also had Billy, and he was an African Gray, which are the super wow. smart ones. Dang. And then. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then finally we had Fred, who was a double yellow nape, and he was actually super fucking smart. That guy, call and response like tricks or like phrases and words. Like, but if you said, "Hey, we're gonna do a chicken," he's doing a chicken. He could separate a rooster from a chicken. So yeah, the wow. guy was hella smart. Birds, That's amazing. Man, birds. Oh yeah, they're, I've, they're, I've long wanted word, to get birds. into that. The word. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to get a bird, um, but just. I, I've I've been a dog guy, and I'm just scared if I get a bird, the dogs are gonna like try to eat it at some point. That probably is a likely scenario, but birds can get pretty mean and territorial, so mm. the dog might be saying, "Oh, all right, never mind. Fuck this guy. That's his area." Yeah, I don't want to fuck with that. Because my stepmom and my dad had a whole shitload of cats, and none of the cats fucked with the birds. They they just they stood clear. Right. Because you would think yeah. from growing up on cartoons, mm, those, those cats are going to eat the, We're not a sponsor, I'm just joking around. <laughs> I don't know what this is. What is Liquid Death a type of water? What is this a brand? Yeah, it's mountain water. It is indeed. Ah. So it's just, oh, we can get into some silliness since we have time. Um, I saw this ad for Liquid Death. Mountain water, murder your thirst, and it's literally canned water <laughs> instead of bottled water. It's canned, and it's got this Amazing. super aggressive metal, like metal theme. And you actually, to get a discount on the said water, could sign your soul away to the company, and they <laughs> give you a yeah, literally. Yeah, there's a contract you could sign that give you uh, literally basically half off. You get a case free. And I've done it twice now, signed my soul twice. I, t- I don't know if one outdoes the other, but it doesn't matter how many email addresses you have, I guess. Yeah. You can have that many so Just keep that gimmick but going. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this shit. <laughs> On the side of the can, it says this. Uh, the propriety thirst and murdering process begins with liquid death forming a rope of veins that will wrap around the thirst's head and strangle it. 
Once Liquid Death reaches the Thirst Brain, all Thirst memories will be replaced with repeating loops of its own head imploding, which is exactly <laughs> what causes <laughs> exactly what happens next by causing your Thirst head to implode and its brains and squirt out of its ears. Once your thirst has been murdered, the soul of your thirst will begin to escape and float towards the ceiling. At this point, drink a second sip of liquid death to rip its soul back down and force it to begin its grueling its own body, or hang on, gluing its own body parts back together so that it can crawl back inside and eventually grow a fully formed thirst once again. <laughs> Heavy, bro. My thirst doesn't stand a fucking chance, dude. Wow, that is like the best water branding I've ever heard in my life. I am all about Dude, this. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. I um. Now we got to get a like, liquid death sponsorship for real because I totally yeah. put it over big. Holy shit. Yeah, I wouldn't normally pay for water, but that much thought has been put into this amazing branding. And I'm assuming they have just some completely badass artwork on that can as well. Am I right Dude, in that? And that's very true. Very true. The main reason is essentially bottled water, bottles, you know, doesn't recycle as well. And metal, aluminum, is very recyclable, much yeah, more. So, true. hey, man, get rid of those fucking bottles and go with some canned water. I know it sounds ridiculous. Fucking bad. It, it's more recyclable. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you guys have not the great, best quality water there? Or just, of course, you're going to buy that um, canned water? The water is fine around here, and if you want to get a filtration system, it's going to make it better, like a Brita filter. Yeah. But I saw this liquid death, and I go, that is fucking awesome. And then when they told me that I could sign my soul away to get free water, <laughs> who's not going to do I wasn't doing anything with my soul, Chris. It's not sitting there. <laughs> Did you not see that episode of The Simpsons? Where, I know, uh, I'm playing around. Yeah, exactly. Homer really, that, that ends well. That doesn't end well, sir. What have you done? Uh, but I did it <laughs> twice. I think one cancels the other out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, that's fun. That's fun. Uh so have you yes, you yes. you've been to some wrestling last night. Chris, did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Cut out for a second. Yeah, yeah. So went... yeah, we're here to talk about some professional wrestling. How are things with you, man? What's what's up in your world first before we get into the world of wrestling? Oh, I am um I just got back from a delightful walking uh, of the dogs or, or walking with one dog carrying the other dog in a bag with her broken Jelly paw that limb we spoke about last bed. time. Yeah, she is. She had to get a second um, surgery because the pin that was holding the, the um, bones together uh, like was, was protruding a little bit out from um, like a hole in the, the skin that wasn't healing over properly. So they had to go in and snip that fucker off. Uh, but thankfully, that Short was that down. yeah, that was included in the the cost of the original surgery, so that's all right, you know. But uh, yeah, she's she's doing all right. She's probably a bit more active than she should be. Every time she just keeps jumping off of things, and that's the one thing we're supposed to make sure she doesn't do. And you can see <laughs> she's like getting ready to jump, and you're like, "No, Jelly, don't jump!" And sometimes you'll be able to catch her and prevent her, and then put her down. But then at other times, she just like has this independent spirit. Just like, yeah, I've got you. this. Yeah. yeah, do it. <laughs> I've been jumping so, for years, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, uh, we we got a, a check up tomorrow, so I'm hoping things have been going well. But she seems in in good spirits. But yeah, she's kind of assigned herself to being carried around in the bag while I walk Ziggy, because you don't want her to be locked up at home. I'd feel guilty, you know, leaving her at home while we walk the other dog. 
Um, so she comes with us. She gets to smell things when we get to the, the cafe. and Yeah, so it's, it's not the worst um, situation in the world. Sure. Get a lot of um, people with, with just, oh, like all of the, the cordling, like, oh, and they see Jelly yeah. in her little bag, and then they see her little paw. She's got like a, a glitter wrap around the, the paw as well, so it looks extra cute. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Other than she's that, I've it. just been uh, trying to keep my head above water with this G1, man. This is the, the time of year where we have to consume all the wrestling. And then in addition to the G1, we're trying to watch extra wrestling that we're going to talk about on this show. Fuck. I, I'll let you handle all the G1. I got too much going on to try to digest all of that as well. It's yeah. Oh, so immense. It's like, like, open, why can't like we, we just, talked about last thing. Why can't we just talk about the G1? I can watch that and then we can talk about it. But no, that is not our show, sir. That is keeping it strong style. We're going to steal yes. their shtick. But, uh, yeah, G1's I been actually, great. I uh, had an awesome show fucking last night, dude. Yes. The Defy this weekend is running a two-night show, uh, the AXGP tournament. So last night we had an awesome show. One of the big highlights was Los Parks, L.A. Park, and his son, El Hijo de Park. I, I Do you know there's that's, another one now as well, another son? Trace Parks? Yeah, there's Trace. Oh, shoot. But they took on uh, War Beast, Joseph, uh, and uh, Jacob Fatu. So that shit was that amazing. Like yeah, fucking fireballs, dude. Broken tables. Some blood. Uh, Joseph was bleeding all over the place. Yeah, man. Uh, also, there was a it's spot. It's nothing during... like a, a full-on L.A. Park brawl. Like they're, they're, That's the modern-day equivalent of like a Bruiser Brody match, I think. Dude, it was it was awesome. All over the place. Some guy turns to me and goes, Hey man, is that the real Laparka? And I go, Yeah, man. He's like, Is he's gonna do the dance? I'm like, pretty sure. <laughs> and then he does the dance like the guy. Did he stand on the chair? Uh he didn't get him on a chair, he just did it in the ring, but okay. he just did the stupid little dance and me and the guy both turned looking at each other and he popped big. It was great. Did he play the chair uh, as a guitar? Yeah, okay. They came out fucking both of them were playing rock and roll chair guitars. Amazing. It was pretty dope. <laughs> but there was a spot during the match I wanted to talk to you about. Oh. Uh, so La Parca and our L.A. Park, I apologize, L.A. Park fucking took his belt off early in the match, mm -hmm. or it fell off. You never know with the Lucha gimmick. Uh, they used it later to whip both opponents on the back, but then they also took the referee, a local referee, which he gets a lot of heat, I guess. Uh, people don't like him. He gets really booed really strong Heel when ref? he comes out every time. He'll ref? He, he's not. No, not intentionally, no. By any <laughs> oh, just one of those asshole everyone refs just... like, um, what's his name for PWG that everyone hates? No, everyone just hates him for no reason. <laughs> Maybe he fucked up a finish one time or something and everyone's holding against him. I don't know exactly what I mean, occurred, that's but... what happened with the dude in PWG, right? Like, he wasn't that much sure of an exactly over-the-top Like I, I, I'm just guessing, but everyone hates him and boos the... Yeah. You still there, my friend? Losing you. Yeah, yeah, cut off for a second. But uh, so he also, they, they took the belt and they whipped both opponents across the back. And then they grabbed the referee and they poured water down the, his back. And the, L.A. Park did the same thing to him. And apparently, <laughs> according to Twitter, this wasn't necessarily a planned spot. And some of the fucking awesome. local wrestlers are heated about it. Oh, fuck off. L.A. Park does what he wants. Like, that is that is L.A. Park's <laughs> thing. He is a wild man. He's going to do anything. 
you have to be prepared for just whatever the fuck's going to happen. And that is just the epitome of, of his Wild West persona in uh, in Mexico. There is no way he is asking the ref, excuse me, man, is it okay if I'm going to take the belt off? Okay if I give you a couple of whips? No, fuck that. L.A. Park <laughs> is a fucking wild man. Like I was saying, Bruiser Brody. You think Brody's going to be asking for the whether it's, it's all right beforehand? I don't think so. So your your opinion is the expectation if you're in a match with L.A. Park and you're the referee, you this you is better be you ready for assume. some shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't. Uh, they, everyone was arguing. Mostly, it was like a consent thing. Like it, basically, in wrestling, even referees are giving up their body and hopefully coming out safe with you know, consented situations occurring. So you don't think that necessarily applies when we're dealing with someone yeah, like If you're whipping someone with a, a belt, come on, what, you're going to get some welts? Like, it'd be different if you gave him, like, a, a dangerous pile driver that the ref, like, doesn't know how to take the bump of and there was actually, yeah. like, a, a legitimate danger there. If that was the case, like, I'd, I'd probably be batting for the other guy. But in this case, it's like, hey, geez, come on, guys. Wrestling's wrestling. Are gonna get um, a little bit crazy sometimes. I wish they would have smartened the poor kid up when they when they started pouring water down his back. I'm like, oh shit, this is no good. This is no good. <laughs> that being said, in in my wrestling days, we uh, Josh and I had been known to rough up refs sometimes when they didn't do a great job. So I may be a little bit impartial here. Oh, okay. Now that makes a lot more sense. Mm. <laughs> I'm just an but, asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> uh, the whole show was fucking great. Uh, Tama Tonga and Ethan HD had a fucking awesome match. Artists Miss Spencer and Douglas James probably had, uh, outside of the fucking Los Parks match, probably the match of the night, really hard-hitting shit. Nice. But so there was you an think awesome Spencer's going to be all, all good to go for, uh, for Bowler? Oh, yeah, it should be good. All ready to yeah. kill it? Oh, for sure. Nice. But I wanted to talk to you about an awesome moment. Uh, this fucking guy... When Tomatonga was standing around, it got pretty quiet. This guy goes, Roman Reigns, after a oh. Tomatonga chant stopped. And everyone's like, oh. Tomatonga <laughs> climbed out on the ring apron and stared. And everyone in the crowd immediately pointed dude out. <laughs> they sold him out immediately. Like, this is the guy who said it. And Tomatonga would talk shit at him for a while. Amazing. Later in the match, uh, he, not that much later, pretty quick actually, he whipped Ethan HD outside toward that side of the crowd and started working his way, like beating up Ethan toward that guy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then eventually got in the guy's face again. And the guy was like, literally looked scared. He was like cowering away. And then Thomas smacked his beer out of his hand. It was, it was fucking great. That's so good. That's like, reminds me, that's like total super dragon type shit right there. Yeah. Also, I remember there was a story on one of the, um, Courtney listens to a bunch of the uh, like comedy uh, podcasts, like Crab Feast. You heard of Crab Feast? No. Uh, Josh Adam Myers, I think, is his his show. Um, but yeah, it's really good. But a lot of the time, they have wrestling stories. So Courtney will just like, "Hey, you got to listen to this story. It's wrestling." I'm like, all right, of course, you know, wrestling. I have to hear it. Um, yeah, why not? And uh, one of the comedians. I think it might have been. Uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But yeah, he was talking about this um, this story that he had from like because he was like on the peripherals of wrestling, and his friends was like, "Oh, let's go to this wrestling show." Of all shows, it was like a late '90s ECW show in like New mm -hmm. York, and um, he's like just a comedian. He's like thinks you know wrestling is like fucking Big John Studd and stuff. So 
safe to say this opened his eyes a little bit. Um, but uh, at one point, uh, and you know, Bubba was like such a fucking big time heel there. Um, and like, you know, his fucking legendary stories of like creating riots. I'll ask you for a moment, crowd. Chris. I, uh, I, I can hear you. Right. You can okay. Hear me? I cut, you cut out when you said, I can hear you now, but you said Bubba was a big time heel and then nothing. Yeah. So Bubba, the big time heel, you know, legendary for his, um, his, his starting riots and stuff like that. And so this guy's a comedian, bit of a funny guy. So he's like, there's this bit where people, like, the, the wrestlers are pulling up. Um, this might have been, like, a second show because he knew a little bit. He knew enough about the Bubba's, like, this dickhead heel that you meant to boo. And so they roll up and they, they get out of the car. And then um, Bubba gets out of the car. And then he just, like, cat calls and goes, hey, Bubba, you fat fuck. And then everyone's like, ooh. And then you, he, like, really... <laughs> You know, next level, and they like did exactly <laughs> the same thing that you were saying. Bubba's like, "Where is he?" And then everyone sells him out immediately. Points <laughs> 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 to him, <laughs> and Bubba just makes a fucking beeline to him and just like intimidates the shit out of him. And he was like, "Yeah, I was pretty much pissing my pants." I was like, "Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Don't yes, be sir. a fan." <laughs> but yeah, the the best part was like then he he leaves. So he's like just completely demeaned him, and everyone's like laughing at him because he just got made to look like such a bitch. And then um, Bubba walks away, and then the guy's like, "Oh well," and then he's like, "Anyone else got a problem?" <laughs> and then it got like the biggest laugh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to fuck with that guy. No, no, but yeah, it was quite funny. The whole thing, the whole crowd just selling a dude out. It's always a great moment. The- my dog is barking at the cat. Give me a second. Bronx, knock that shit off. Leave the cat alone. I'm trying to nap. Got to run in from the oh, dogs on your end this time. Yeah. All right, comes back. Coming back over. All right, let's continue. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're all right. Uh, so, yeah, that was great. Um, and you've got another night of this, uh, this tournament, Defy, uh, tonight, coming up after this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second round, uh, one of the big, I would say, not necessarily an upset, but yes, in a, a sense, was last night, Shaft, local favorite, and everyone assumed the potential winner of this tournament. Uh, he was originally slated to face Brian Cage, but Brian unfortunately got injured and can't make the event, so they well, slotted in Christopher Daniels, which, I mean, Whoa. fucking A. Nice. Brian Cage for Christopher Daniels, not bad. Yeah. Uh, so the matchup ends with Christopher Daniels winning and beating Shaft. And there was an audible like gasp. Like people all assumed that Christopher Daniels, you know, was gonna put the young gun over. But no, they fucking Christopher Daniels going on to the second round of the tournament, which, which I think is fucking awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of legitimacy to the actual tournament itself, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, you know, you want to get your money's worth as well. And plus I'm assuming um Brian Cage probably would have been going over to the the next round as well so you don't want to fuck your tournament just based on one guy not being there oh sure i mean i imagine they wouldn't change yeah the way they plan on booking the storyline overall but everyone was literally shocked because most people figured that shaft was going to be taking the entire tournament on our home because also on the line is the defy title artemis spencer put that up for grabs oh Nice. Yeah. That's um, that's sucky news about Brian Cage because he's he's been dealing with quite a few injuries lately, hasn't he? 
Yeah, evidently it's just a nagging. It won't fucking. He can't fucking get get better. I guess. Yeah, man, poor guy. Hope he uh, turns the corner on that stuff because he's really blowing mm. up in um, impact at the moment. Yeah, man, I can't get that show. You can't. <laughs> no, they don't have the network. Well, the the impact network thing. No, I mean I don't get it on my cable. It, if it's not coming directly into my cable, chances are I can't. I'm not tuning into your wrestling show immediately. Uh, watch I might on find the app. out about that. Get get the the free sub to the app, and then you can just watch them all for free on there. I did that recently, and they're like, it's actually really good quality and works a lot better than their old one used to. Apps? What are you talking about, you young whippersnapper? <laughs> Technology today. I'm not sure what you mean, Jenny. <laughs> they were rumored to be like looking to maybe get on um, Access, like Mark Cuban's deal, and then oh um, really? Yeah, yeah, there was talk about it. But then sort of nothing. So I don't know whether there was like negotiations and then something happened or like New Japan put their foot down and were like, hey, we don't want these guys on the net- same network as us. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The New Japan maybe put the we don't want to be related. We don't... There's only one wrestling product on this channel. We don't want people to accidentally think it's the same thing. <laughs> mm, weird. Weird. I um, Speaking of New Japan, I uh, there was a great um, – interview that harry smith did on um uh, talking about his exodus from new japan uh do you hear much about mm-hmm. this at all i heard that he felt that maybe they were uh you know stifling his progression that's what Ooh. i heard was that what the g- gist of the interview was or what's going on there pretty much and like just sort of the the day-to-day of it and the implications of like when he's committed to work there and it's like he's not working other places and they're actively saying that he can't work for places like impact and then yet they're only giving him x amount of tours per year and not doing shit with him and he's like hey i'd like to do this and then just all this stuff it's like saying about how um how gato would like you used to message lance on um facebook to work out their stuff except Lance was injured, so then he sent him a message on Facebook and he just completely no-sold him, and then he, like, hits him up about it, and then he's like, hey, so Lance normally talks to you on here and you, you didn't read or see my message, and then Gato's, like, does the... He totally fades him off. He's like, ah, Facebook, I don't know what Facebook is. I don't know Facebook Messenger. Ah. And he's like, no, but <laughs> Lance totally messaged... Look, here's a picture of you messaging Lance. He's like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) I got the screenshots, dude. (laughs) Basically, "Ah, I don't speak no English. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. (laughs) And he's just, yeah, he'd like, it was like, he's such, so carny. Like, he would just be working all the time. And he said he got frustrated with that. Um, But overall, yeah, just the the thing of them, them not letting him actually wrestle. Like, they'd just want him to be the big guys in monster tag team type of thing. But. Anytime he'd actually want to, to wrestle or have the opportunity to, to show, to me, like, his strongest side. Like, to me, what sets him apart from everyone else is his actual wrestling and his catch wrestling and, and awesome submission wrestling and grappling and that kind of stuff. But they didn't let him do shit like that in New Japan because I guess that's not really what New Japan is about anymore, at least from a gaijin perspective. Um, and, yeah, I guess the, the frustration with that kind of, like, came to a head. Um, but yeah, so he left and, um, so he was doing more stuff with MLW. Apparently he had an awesome match with, um, Thatcher on their, their last taping that happened in New York. 
So I'm um, pumped to check that out. Uh, but then did you hear about the big news with um, MLW and Noah? Yeah, that's actually pretty dope. I was actually, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Does that put uh, MLW up a notch over Impact, do you think? Yeah, because, I mean, Noah used to be with Impact. That was their um, American partner. But then they haven't done shit together in quite a while, ever since it sounded like Impact stole away Taiji Ishimori. And the next thing you know, Ishimori's in New Japan. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but the I'm, I'm pretty pumped about some of the potential guys that we could see from MLW in a Noah ring, you know, between dudes like... Uh, Harry Smith, uh, or even like uh, Teddy Hart, like <laughs> the the sky is the limit. I'm I'm pretty excited for um some of these dudes. <laughs> Low key returning to Noah for the first time in like over a decade. Like what was like mid two thousands that he was there last time? That'd be amazing. And then obviously dude, more mate. of the Noah talent in MLW would be great too. Yeah, honestly, I Court put out that tweet about how his product isn't for everybody; it's for the underground, which was pretty funny. But uh, I do like this progression because, honestly, I do like the product they present. It's like family friendly and clean, but still pretty aggressive. Uh, so I think that's something that's kind of missing in the market. Like WWE does family friendly, but kind of cliche and boring. Yeah, yeah, and just like the presentation, there's like so much that's just like a a faithful um just like representation of of pro wrestling and and just the grittiness of pro wrestling um and even like from the believability in the commentary like i was such a fan of when um i'd first tune in and uh, tony shravani like he's still so good man um and then at the moment like jim Cornette is just fucking killing it on um commentary and um rich burkini as well uh it's just fantastic so I um yeah I'm I'm pumped to see what what happens going forward with it. It's um they're, they're doing some really big business. You see those sellouts they had at uh, Cicero Stadium in Chicago. Like every show they've run there so far. That's fucking exciting, man! More wrestling doing well everywhere. Touring brands, something based out of Orlando or Florida, making itself up there and actually doing well. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real. I'm um, I'm excited about what uh, is going to come in the near future. Very excited about uh, some Noah guys getting in that MLW ring and mixing it up with that uh, roster that we talked about too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of wrestling fans in the United States like myself who are more familiar uh, with the talent out of New Japan. Probably a lot to do with their relationship with the Ring of Honor uh, or just more interest in the product, I guess. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be exciting for, you know, more exciting wrestlers, wrestlers to make to the States. Hell, and, yeah. You know, I'm always excited to learn about new people I haven't heard about. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And in my uh, humble opinion, I feel like Noah has a, an even better in-ring product than, uh, than New Japan. So I'm excited for... Um, more American eyeballs to get on it. I reckon they've just got a hell of an underrated product. Yeah, that's. I you said that multiple times. It's not the first time I've heard you mention that. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll uh, always be uh, Noah till the day I die. Proud. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first thing I thought of MLW working with Noah, I thought of Noah's arcade from Wayne's World. Ooh. 
Are you familiar with that movie? I am. I am. Love me some Wayne's World. Familiar with Noah's Noah's Arcade? Not necessarily on that specific one. It's been a while since I've watched Wayne's World, to be honest. It was the the sponsor of the television program. Ah, I thought you were talking about the movie, but I forgot about the days of Wayne's World as a as a TV show. No, I was. Oh, you were? I meant the movie. Yeah, in the movie. They oh, the had a TV, TV show, show in the yeah yeah. All right, we're we're getting yeah. layers here, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was like a TV show back in the day, wasn't it? Or am I just confused? It was on SN- it? it was on SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. Okay. Next, next up, let's let's move on here. <laughs> Keep it going, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, PWG Battle of Los Angeles continues to to shake up, to shape up rather. Uh, but they are shaking things up with uh, more new and exciting names. Uh, what do you think of the last couple of announcements since our last show that we spoke about it? I thought it was funny how we were speaking of Caveman Ugg last time, and then the other caveman got added to the how lineup, so that's that? pretty cool. I hope there's either a face-off or a tag match in their future. Shut up, dog! <laughs> Another run-in. This is great. I like it. Yeah, man, Dogs I'm, I'm hate pumped. Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to be involved, I think. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, I, I think you could potentially do both, you know. I reckon first round you have uh, Ugg against Cavanario, uh, and then, I'm a, you know, Cavanario's got to go over in that situation. Uh, I love Ugg, but Cavanario was the real deal. And then uh, on the, the final night where you have the big multi-man tag, uh, we have the, the cavemen uh, on the, the same side. That's how I'm, I'm envisioning it. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, the... Uh... Announced also uh, Ray's coming back in, uh, Jake Atlas, Tony Deppin, somebody we wanted involved, uh, mm-hmm. Joey Janela back again, Lucky Kid, Brody, and then, uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, I have yet to hear uh, Daniel McCombe's name announced, which I'm very sad. Oh, I think if we've got Artemis Spencer, we can't have Daniel McCabe as well. Got a. I'm being selfish, okay? <laughs> this is not a Defy tournament, sir. We can only have so much yeah. Seattle representation. <laughs> Honestly, Daniel hasn't been a Defy, I think, yet, or not for a while. Maybe one of the first Seattle shows, but yeah, not. It's weird who they still don't want to promote. Maybe a... not a fan. I don't know. Oh, interesting. The. the politics of uh, the pacific northwest wrestling region yes sir yeah no i'm um, i'm pretty stoked for a lot of those guys um i was kind of caught a bit off guard by um ray phoenix uh it was like we, we kind of got a certain kind of names going and we we're like oh it's gonna be quite fresh and then it's like boom big ass name one of the top names in uh independent not even independent wrestling now with aew and everything you know it's a big time star right there. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I was kind of surprised about Brody too. Yeah, yeah, with ROH. Yeah, and then uh, so busy, you know, like surprised they would let him do a three, a potentially three day tournament. You know what I mean? I mean that's cool of ROH to sound like they're still letting dudes do stuff like PWG if they really want to. Yeah, I mean they still have the. I mean Jeff's still working there, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I think 
Because they have like the deals where they're not allowed to work anywhere else in the the USA and um, uh, that's televised or Eastern, period. Eastern Canada, yeah, period, generally. But then I, I think a lot of guys have PWG specifically written into their contract, which is an exception because it's so sporadic, I guess, and gets a bit more high profile. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, live pay-per-view, live internet pay-per-view or anything like that. So it's not really Plus, as ROH, you, having your guys at PWG actually is a, you know, a little bit of feather in your hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Get that, get that indie street cred going. Yup. But um, with um Phoenix, I'm specifically interested because this kind of gets back to the war between CMLL and AAA. So Phoenix is uh, back in AAA. I never thought that would happen, but it did. Uh, and uh, Cavanario is uh, one of the bigger names in CMLL in Arena Mexico. And generally, anytime we've had guys in a tournament, you never get any... CMLL guy working against a perceived AAA guy. So I'm wondering whether that continues, because if not, like I cannot think of more of a Lucha Dream match than um, Ray Phoenix and Cavanario in like a round two match kind of thing. That would be amazing. You think they'll have to book around that, or do you think that's a possibility, actually? Well, I'd hope that it's a possibility, but knowing the history, I'm thinking yeah. they'll have to book around it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, boo. But, uh, yeah. Boo. Ah, well. But no, other than that, still shaping up really good. Um, I am still a little bit on the bubble myself on whether I'm making this trip over or not. But uh, one thing that really uh, hammered at home a little bit more was the big announcement for Bloodsport. Did you see this, my friend? Fucking crazy, man. Mm. Moxley and fucking Josh. John Moxley and Josh Barnett tying it up in that ring. Um, this kind of goes back to the the last blood sport that we went to because um, John Moxley was standing there uh, watching the show from the balcony next to one uh, William Regal. So I uh, I knew straight up, like, there's a, a legitimate interest here. You know, a guy like that doesn't just come to this show just because he's gotten free tickets, you know. It's kind of thing where... And we've seen in John Moxley's in-ring style in those last uh, few matches, he's really got a, a big-time shoot-style wrestling influence going. Apparently, he trained for the G1. Did you hear this? At, like, an actual fight camp in Vegas. Like a mixed martial arts fight camp, fight camp, yeah, in preparation for the G1. I don't know if that's, like, a kayfabe thing, but in my mind... Yeah, that's why I, I didn't know if that was legit or not. In my mind, it's legit. I hope he did. That'd be great. How yeah, good? Awesome. I mean, I could <laughs> I could see that having a, a reality to it just based off of his actual in-ring style and what he's been showing up with in, in the, these G1 matches because he's very much got a, a shoot-style wrestling um, base to, to what he's doing. He's doing the old, um, the awesome regal running knee as well, which I'm a big fan of. Fucking old John Moxley was just uh, punch, kick, let me grab a weapon, punch, kick, let me grab a weapon. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that he's actually evolved. Because when somebody like leaves to do something else, you hope they change in some way. Otherwise, it's the same thing again, presented slightly differently. It's not that interesting. So yeah. that's I haven't seen him in the G1, so it's been pretty cool. Yeah, so good, man. He's had some great matches. I think his uh, his match against Ishii war, that happened like in the last week 
or maybe about a week ago, uh, was one of the best matches of the whole tournament. So great. Um, but yeah, I mean, John Moxley was like a really creative guy even before he went to WWE, like from what I saw him in, um, CCW and Dragon Gate USA and Evolve back in the day, he was always a guy that would do something different. And then for the longest time, you know, he was just in this place doing this role where he didn't get to do anything outside of the box. I mean, his character, I guess, was meant to be zany and out of the box, but, like, it was funny. It's kind of ironic, like, his actual, what he got to do was so inside of that box, and he was so, didn't get to do anything. I guess, like, did you see... Hear the a inter- red wagon, you're crazy. Yeah. Did you hear you're the nuts. interview with Jericho? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, so good. But, um, and in on one hand, you'd, you'd think you'd see a guy like that and be like, oh, this is all kind of fluff kind of thing. But then um, we were watching his his first match in New Japan, that one he had against Juice Robinson. I was watching it with the guys. And, and one of my mates, Brad, good, good friend Brad, uh, he hated um, John Moxley for the longest time in WWE. He, um, <laughs> I think it was because of his like singlet get up. He would lovingly refer to him as um, Deadbeat Dad Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Where's Jeans Dean? The wife beater. Where's Dean? He's gone gone to get some smokes from the convenience store and never come back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was just never a fan. He was like, oh, he's just boring and, you know, he's just so predictable and blah, 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 blah. And then we're like, nah, man, I, I think he's just not getting to show what he wants. And then you see just such a completely different presentation, as you were saying, like changing up that ring style, changing up everything. And, uh, yeah, it's just so refreshing to see a guy like that. And I'm very excited to see him specifically in, like, a shoot-style wrestling um, environment, like Bloodsport. I, I think that'll be fantastic. And steroids has done him good. He looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that for a second, sir. <laughs> All righty, buddy. He's <laughs> just getting getting more of a chance to to hit that gym. He's taking his vitamins. You know, he doesn't have the rigorous load schedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, sir, you're going to get this podcast in some trouble. Jeez. Yeah, I've not. I've made no definitive statements. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny, funny. But yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to keep an eye, my eyes peeled on both of these shows because uh, a trip over straight to New Jersey and hang out and then go to a bowler, that'll be a pretty sweet week, I'm thinking. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, also, just to go back for one second, we didn't mm-hmm. actually mention it, but Defy tonight, the big, big match outside of the tournament, mm-hmm. Joey Janela and Tomatonga, dude. <laughs> that's gonna uh, be nuts it will it will i'm, I'm not gonna lie i still hate tamatonga i still cannot stand to watch him but i uh i pop for his shtick yeah i forgot about that mm. yeah no no i just watched too much new japan to where i just could not deal with with watching uh tamatonga in uh in new japan but uh i hate yeah, he he's doing doing what he's doing, and good for him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. So our our next item on the agenda, something that I think is maybe going to cause a little bit of dissension here, uh. But just quietly, <laughs> fuck Jordan Grace. Oh Lord, I don't give a fuck. 
<laughs> I, I like that that one guy who read your tweet thought you were siding with Jordan. Like, no, yeah. I think he's. I saw how you could Jordan. how you could get that perception. All right, so for our, our listeners, our, our players at home, let's paint a bit of a picture. I didn't actually see her tweet. Right, so I, I screenshotted this. I'm very prepared here. <laughs> so this was what, and I'll, I'll go into this a bit more about specifically what annoyed me about it. But so Jordan Grace has uh, changed uh, her Twitter name to her, her real name, I guess. Fine, I have no problem with that. Do what you want. Um, what well, we what well, we kids call who aren't in the industry, we call it the shoot name. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, working name versus yeah, shoot I, name. Who aren't in the industry to be specific? Yeah, yeah. So then a the fan like fans. a fan asked her, "What's up with with that? Are, are we supposed to call you by that name now? What's what's the deal?" And they asked her basically what the reason from. And then she gave this explanation post saying, "Transitioning into a new era where wrestlers can accept they're playing a character and don't have to live the gimmick." I'd imagine. Okay, so that's her reasoning for changing the name. Now, again, on the surface, I don't have a fucking problem at all about her wanting to change her name and, you know, use the, the real name. What the fuck? Do whatever what the fuck you want. The thing that annoys me about this is, like, the, the, the fucking smugness of it in, in putting down the guys who use Twitter as like a you know extension, extension. of yeah. of their their public presentation of their character you know and the, and the overall thing of the fucking whole idea of professional wrestling being of suspending disbelief right so with her tweet she's really and she's kind of like elaborated a bit more she had a bit of a, an argument with uh, with my good friend Jim Cornette <laughs> about this but um, that. The main thing about the tweet of her saying, like, about wrestlers accepting that they're playing a character, and, and like, it's almost like she's making fun of these guys who who run Twitter, like, like in character, and, like, keep kayfabe on Twitter. And honestly, to me, like, there's nothing fucking wrong with that, you know? Like, if you're building a brand, and you're, you're building a character, and you want people to believe that character, why would you be like, oh, guys, this is my fake character, right? You know, it, it's like... Yeah. It fucks the whole thing of professional wrestling, really. And that's, I guess, where it kind of, like, it's gets gets under between my teeth kind of thing, you know? Um, sure. So that was that was my kind of, like, issue with it. And, and the idea of just her her making out that the guys that, that, you know, do the, you know, consistent work across the board, like, that they're somehow, you know, idiots for... Um, for, for, for doing Bunch of that. dummies. Yeah. yeah. And and I saw your your um, tweet saying about how um, fans uh, basically like, you know, what what the fuck is a fans having the problem this problem with people using their real names, you know? And like that's No, a, my like, tweet had nothing to do with that actually. My oh, what was it? Go on. I'll, I'll, I was speaking about like people getting mad for the styles of wrestling, like the Orange Cassidy stuff and oh. comedy being more. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I, I thought was yours was in response. I thought yours was in response to this Jordan tweet. No, no. I was complaining about people bitching about, like, over, like, the shit they were complaining about with Aubrey Edwards and dancing with Sunny Kiss and, like, how every presentation needs to be some serious grappling affair for it to be somehow considered real wrestling. Now I was saying there should be more, it should be more eclectic. There should be varieties that what like a guy like Timothy Thatcher is awesome, 
because guys like Orange Cassidy exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we've spoken at length before about how the, that fucking yeah. variety is like one of the best parts about independent wrestling. Um, I don't get it. I was speaking fans dictating about how wrestlers are killing the business, like Joey Ryan's right. dick spot. Fans are telling him how he's killing wrestling and destroying the industry by doing this comedy bullshit, where if that's not what you want to watch, don't fucking watch it. Yeah. Jordan's yeah. shit, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that. Yeah, yeah, what do you think of this specific um, like thing? And this created a bit of a, a discussion, and Lance Storm weighed in, and then she had a bit of an argument with Lance Storm about it. What do you think? Uh, personally, I think it's, if wrestlers want to do that, fine, whatever. Uh, she could have ignored that tweet from the fan in, instead of putting a highlight on her opinion of why she does it. Cause if we're coming to Twitter, we're going, we know that this wrestler is not really like everyone knows Jordan Grace is on Jordan Grace. She makes note repeatedly that that's not her real name. How it's an, her e-fed name that she just carried over and, cool we get it that's your your one person is you one is the character you're playing we don't need that to be thrown in our face and to act like you're all high and mighty by doing so does come off fucking condescending as hell and i've been a fan of jordan grace for a while yeah but a lot the more she tweets the more she comes off as smug as fuck and I know I do too sometimes. I think we all kind of get there inadvertently. Not mm -hmm. like we get it stuck in our ideals and how our opinions and we'll disseminate this information and it, it gets filtered through our own filter. So it, sometimes we come off as less than human. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where it's just this characterization of a person. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like, and the Twitter, like you're saying with Twitter it has this thing where you could have a chat where like where, where, you know, buddies having a chat, over Skype or like in person over beers or like whatever. Like for example, you like you thought I was talking about yeah. Jordan Grace when I was talk I was talking about comedy wrestling or fucking hardcore and all that. Cuz it comes like, out like right at the same time as this other thing that's like exactly. newsworthy and you just yeah. think it's an indirect response. But yeah, Twitter fucking sucks oh, sure. for that for people getting like the the wrong idea with shit. But yeah, I I'm the same. I was like a big fan of Jordan Grace um to start with and her presentation and that and then the more I hear her talk, the less I'm a fan, honestly. But I mean, the same thing. And I thought she was one of those chicks who was like attractive, but didn't realize she was cute. So she didn't like go over the top. But now she's like posting like thirst trap pictures all the time, <laughs> and, like selling eight by tens of her, like showing her booty, like, which I don't mind some booty shots. Don't get me wrong. But apparently I thought she was a different person. And yeah. that's on me. It's not on her at all, by any means. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I am. Um, I'm kind of the same. You mentioned like Joey Ryan. And it, it like Joey Ryan's a guy where I, I loved his shtick for a long time and I enjoyed it and I go to shows and I laugh at his like silly stuff and it's good. But then I, I see his like holier than now fucking bullshit on, on Twitter um, and I can't stand the guy. Hey, like I, I love his, his character and what he presents in ring, but his entire presence on, on Twitter, I just don't have any time for. I can appreciate where he's coming from because he does get attacked probably constantly and people tagging uh, his tweets with Jim Cornette, like little Twitter snitches. I, I can understand why he is the way he is. And, but also I'm a big fan of Joey Ryan. I've, I've enjoyed his shtick from PWG before he was doing dick spots before all that happened. Mm. Yeah. And I loved him. Just sleazy honestly, Joey Ryan from back in the day. Yeah. I, I honestly know no follow Joey's. I don't need to necessarily see him wrestle ever again. Like I've every match is always the same. So unless there's a really like some sort of skewed presentation or like a, a twist on it, like 
I don't need to see. It's fun. I don't necessarily pay to go see Joey Ryan. I know a lot of people do, but and I like Joey. It's just like once you've seen the same joke over and over, you can only enjoy it so much, you know. Yeah, and then that's where it connects with like the Twitter stuff of him acting like he's like. You know, talking like he's one of the, the, the greatest stars in the world. He's making so much money because of this gimmick. And people cannot wait to part with their dollars because of these dick spots when it's kind of like a one-hit wonder kind of joke in a sense. And he's like making out that anyone that uh, that, that has a, a different vision or, or like a, a more traditional vision of, of what professional wrestling can be for him is just some like old-timer, out-of-touch type of thing. I guess that's where it kind of like... Uh, grinds my gears a little bit, you know? Oh, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Like Sometimes it does come off as this... Just because you don't think the way it works, it does work. Like, And that is the end of the argument. I can see why that can be frustrating to people because it's not going to work for everybody. Joey Ryan is a special situation. There's No one else is going to get over there and... Get, get over the the clit spotter you know like mm. my nips are now what i get over <laughs> like that's not gonna be repeated i don't think yeah it's so, like i i'd pop for it when joey ryan did it but then and then this probably you know got heat with some people i just did not find the priscilla kelly stuff like funny or anything but just attention fucking grabbing you know yeah yeah interesting stuff um yeah, I thought we were going to have more of an argument than we did. <laughs> just no, just no, having a I, nice I, little time. <laughs> I, I just don't think fans should dictate the way wrestlers perform in ring. Yeah. I can see why they could be annoyed with them throwing or breaking kayfabe and almost throwing it in people's faces on Twitter. But if you don't like it, don't follow that fucking person. And don't, don't prompt them to defend their their opinion which ends up annoying you <laughs> like i don't know i mean it's the, the same don't, thing don't the bear. the same thing with jim Cornette to an extent because his twitter presence is basically a work at this point like his he knows what people want to see and it's the antagonistic like almost like shock jock kind of stuff and like that earns him a fuckload of money like i'd, I'd wage uh, he probably makes a lot more money from his merch and stuff than like a joey ryan does but it's almost the same where people want to prod the bear to just, oh, let's let's see how we, if we can get Jim worked up by this by sending like a screen grab of this thing or like a gif of this thing, you know? Yeah, I got I got blocked because of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Cornette blocked me because of some idiot that tagged him on my tweet. <laughs> and yet he doesn't. I wanted to. He I said he doesn't Jim block. Branch. Yeah, they're fun. It's like just. I'm mad. <laughs> Jim Cornette, well, unblock me. I don't agree with what you say, but I want to see you be mad. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make sure to send you, you screen grabs of Jim Cornette's reactions then. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Everyone just feed me Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Oh, so uh, next in the in the news, uh, there's there's some AEW things that have been happening, right? Oh, go on, kind sir. So a lot has happened since we last uh, spoke about this. We had the the Daytona Beach fight for the Fallen show, which uh, I had uh, I had a, a lounge room sellout for that show, my friend. I was like, this very nice. This AEW really has something because I had two like lapsed fans uh, come over and join uh, the rest of the guys, and we had a great time. 
And I, yeah, that that's the thing where I think this could be a, a, a big deal when it hits TNT because as long as they don't do too much of the inside baseball weird comedy stuff that's like for your, your more niche being the elite fans and they focus a bit more on the big picture, I think the sky could be the limit here. I, I have a feeling that a lot of the backstage segments are going to be comedy bits interwoven throughout the show, which unfortunately I think in the long run might be a miss because I, I love comedy and I love those guys, but I, I watch being the lead sometimes and the jokes just, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe I'm just too old, but I, the jokes don't get, I don't get it. I, uh, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it for a time and there's some of the stuff where it's like a real inside references, this thing that they planted like six months prior and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of clever, but at the same time, that's not appropriate for what you want to air on TNT. So for those playing at home, we had the big announcement um, this past week of the, the show is going to be 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, fucking prime time on TNT. We don't know what the name of the show is going to be yet, but they gave the fucking best sizzle reel you could pos possibly imagine. Did you just get like tingly from watching that thing? Wednesday night dynamite? I hope so. I, I really like that name as much as a lot of other people don't. I think it's fucking cool, man. I, yeah. I love some rhyming. The, the pun on, uh, not a pun, but like the sort of reference to Nitro as well on TNT is pretty cool. Well, TNT is dynamite, so mm -hmm. fucking A. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But did you watch the hype, the hype package? I didn't. Oh. I, was trying to, I was trying to pretend like I did by ignoring your actual <laughs> question. <laughs> That's all right. We're all about honesty on this show, folks. <laughs> no, I, I How was you, it? Was it awesome? It was so good. But yeah, I just so everyone knows at home, I sent this motherfucker so many matches to watch this past week to where I wouldn't blame him for not watching a highlight video. I watched a lot of wrestling. <laughs> you did watch a lot uh, of wrestling. Speaking of Jim Cornette, actually, real quick, it's, I guess yeah. he really he's over. Er, he finds uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus to be an amazing combination, which is so fucking ridiculous. He hates so much, but he loves Jungle Boy and fucking Luchasaurus. I love Jungle Boy Luchasaurus. The, the the casual fans that came over my house, um, uh, Faz and and uh, John, different John, um, they they came over. And Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus was one of their most favorite things on the entire show. And they were like, these guys Agreed. are going to be the next fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of thing. <laughs> I, I love them too. It's a fucking awesome group. But the fact that Jim Cornette is like, fuck yeah, I love this shit. Guy's riding a dinosaur. It's, he likes realistic wrestling, but the guy riding a dinosaur, he's like, fuck yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you see money, you you just you can't turn uh, turn guess, a nose right. up at it too far, you know. A guy riding a dinosaur translates to anybody. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so the AEW thing as well. Uh, in addition to this big show um coming up, uh, we we didn't really talk anything about Fight for the Fallen. Now I don't want to do like a, a big show review or anything like that or match by match type of shit. But generally, uh, what what were your takeaways from this show? Because I think we're we're starting to see a bit of of what that TNT presentation is maybe going to look like from these shows. I don't want to be pegged as an AEW apologist, but. And I fucking love every show they've done so far. Even the bits that suck, like I can 
I could let him pass. Like the the librarian stuff, I I could take <laughs> it or leave it. It's annoying as hell, but whatever. But mm-hmm. the rest of it, it's such a good mix of all kinds of things. Yep. Uh, and all within the same show, and it doesn't. Nothing feels out of place per se. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm I'm really digging. It. I think they have a strong chance of not overtaking the WWE, but being a very strong, uh, you know option or alternative for people to watch. I think they could overtake WWE. At this point, I watched that sizzle reel, and again, like, seeing how these lapsed fans are are latching onto this. Um, I... (laughs) (laughs) Look at that wordplay, guys. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Like, I could could see um, them, like, just starting out and doing, like, a a, a two rating or or better. Um, And and as far as I can see, they're just going to go up while while Raw is going to go down. So... I, I don't know. I, I think they, if they, the one thing that I could see as being problematic, it's it's sort of what you just said about the shows. There's so much variety and so much different stuff to where I can see there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen and you have a, an approach to wrestling like a Tony Khan who, have you watched many of his, um his press conferences that he has in the post shows? No, sir. Oh, fantastic. He, he just comes across so well, so friendly. He's like, He's like a really nice, little bit nerdy, but really fun version of Dana White in like the post-show press conferences. That's um, pretty cool. I, I really dig him. Um, and he his big thing, I guess, is is presenting it like a sport. Like that's his kind of whole thing. You know, wins and losses matter. Um, the analytics of, of all of the things that most wrestling commentators don't even talk about, like that stuff being important. And I guess like old school storytelling, wanting to get it a bit more like your uh, Crockett or, or Mid-South um, than necessarily late 90s WWF, which I think is really cool. But so you have that approach um, and then you have like the, the other kind of like more comedy based stuff and then the, the stuff with the Bucks and obviously Kenny Omega's vision being a little bit different to that as well. Um, I'm wondering at, at what point do we get a bit of a clash with what they want that to be and whether that's going to be problematic. Like how do you, uh, any of these wrestling companies that have all of these cooks in the writing room, it never seems to end well. Are you feeling there may be too much variety, even also waters down what the actual voice of the show is? I think so. Like that's why yeah. most successful wrestling shows, they've got, you know, people giving their input, but at the end of the day, you got one booker. Um, and I think that's what's been wrong that's with Booker WWE T. for so long. Yes, yes, you need to get Booker T. Every company needs one Booker T. To voice <laughs> their exactly. And there's five of them. Five, five, two. <laughs> five times. Any that joke was terrible, I bailed out immediately. It's going nowhere. No, no commitment there. We're not we're going know. all the way down. All right. <laughs> but, like, you know, WCW at its best. You know, you had all the different input, but at the end of the day, it was Kev, Kevin Sullivan. Um, writing this shit and the consistency and making it good. And to me, my one thing I worry about with AEW is they don't really have a booker. You know, who's doing that? Who's going to be writing that TV? Who's going to be doing these long-term storylines and stuff? It sounds like there's a committee I'm approach. Certain but... There's probably four individuals that are writing that show. Mm-hmm. Tony, Cody, Nick, and that other one. Matt? I think it's Matt. No, sure. Yeah, Matt Jack. <laughs> So you think that's gonna that's gonna be all right going forward? You know, see too much issue. I don't think it's gonna be. I I think that'll work for the time being. If it 
if it catches on, I mean, it's only going to instill them saying that, well, we understand what we're doing, maybe bring in a little bit of extra ideas, but I don't think they're going to change dramatically within the, you know, first couple months or even the first year. It's probably going to steer the ship one direction. If it so. doesn't work, yeah. Yeah, I think they need consistency with what they're doing and they need to be all all hands on deck and with that approach. So I have high hopes. Again, I've I've enjoyed all their shows very much as well. Uh they've had a lot of hits. They've had some misses. I've thought pretty much all around their pre shows have been trash, which is probably not what you want to have for like your free show before the the paid. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. Starts. I they mean, should put a high level match on those shows. Like, yeah, putting out some fucking video game designer on the show, fucking dumb. Mm, I um, we've we've talked before about Sonny Kiss being fun, but I was not a fan of his match, and I love Peter Avalon as well. But I just thought that was like the worst thing you could possibly do on the pre-show. Personally, what did you think of that one? Yeah terrible peter's fucking great what are they doing <laughs> like, peter avalon is awesome from pp ray fucking... days where he's the skinny sexy man to this new peter avalon which is cocky and like quaffed and dressed fucking to the nines the guy is and nor Furnham, even when he was skinny ass nor Furnham, the guy's great <laughs> i love pretty pretty peter avalon from back in the day in uh in pwg Hell yeah i remember he had fucking Isn't awesome ray matches fucking great him against um, Candice LeRae. Or fucking P.P. Ray versus Rockness. Yeah. Oh, great stuff. Oh, now you're just bringing out my, my PWG OG nostalgia right there. That's some good times. Oh, yeah. Reseda. Oh, I miss Reseda. That's the one thing. I watch the, the more recent PWG shows, and I'm like, this is a really nice venue, but it's not Reseda. Facts. Um, yeah, so let's hope things keep going well for AEW, and, um, you think they're going to have anything else between now and we've got the, the big, um, the big show of All Out, but you think we're getting anything else before the, the TV show starts in, um, where is it? It's like, uh, Washington, D.C., isn't it? I, I foresee, I could be totally wrong, but them doing one more surprise like almost like uh coming out party type show like something like get everyone revved up like a pep rally you, you know, know where that should take place game. where we got quite the auspicious um gap day in the bowler lineup do you think that maybe means something so we got hmm. the thursday starting on thursday now and then no what? i think the globe just had something booked oh you think so yeah, I'm, you think I'm they're gonna, too like, much people are gonna be, people are gonna be, people are gonna make plans for that day. They're not gonna all of a sudden special surprise show. Everybody be there. Well, I was thinking that's the reason why we didn't get three nights in a row of uh, of bowler because of other commitments, perhaps, of the roster. Yeah, but don't you think they would let people? Don't you think they let people know who are coming for PWG to make arrangements instead of booking something else for that night? Like, I would be so pissed off. If I bought three tickets for Bola and like, well, I got an extra day. I could do something with it. And then find out there's something awesome scheduled locally. That'd be fucking annoying. I guess they would say what, like Bola is going to get like 600 people. Whereas they would be running a show where they'd want a minimum of like 5,000 people. So it's probably not that big a deal. 
I mean, if they were going to do something, they'd have to announce it soon. I think that it'd be coming up close because Bowler isn't that far away, my friend. No, sir. I'm buying my uh, airplane tickets this coming Friday. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get tickets to the show. I'm definitely going. Nice. I'm pretty excited. Nice. I, I'm going to uh, miss you. I hope I can join you. That was a really if fun time If not, it'll be me and Derek time. in the steel cage, guys. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Fucking steel cage, the great gentleman. Family. Yeah. So, next up. Agenda is all of that fucking wrestling that we watched <laughs> in preparation <laughs> for the show. Oh, oh my gosh! You try to watch. I even watched the lucha match that you had. That uh, the Chris Hero, the one Hero that he suggested. Yeah. yeah. I... Excuse me, Cassisona. Yes, yes. Don't want to get the wrong name. Don't there. Be <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I do I more. So feel... I don't want anybody to accuse me of being like, "Hey, there's that guy who uses indie names all the time." Nah, I'm the opposite. I, I get to know an indie guy's name, and it just feels wrong to me to just, oh, he's got his WWE name. Like, like who is going to call Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan? Like, to me, that's... I would. Really? If I met him, I wouldn't say Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. I would. I, that'd be so weird. Hey, Brian! <laughs> like, so he, this guy gets me. He knows me. I just, like... I don't know. I, I watched him for a long time, since like 2001, I think. And then to just like, for all of those years, to now be like... You gotta respect his career. Respect his career to see where he is now and call him by his given name. Same thing. Like, uh, next time I see Jonah, I am not calling him, hey, Bronson, what's up? You know? Bronson fucking Reed, <laughs> baby. What's no. Jonah? Jonah Rock's not his real name. What do you... But still, you know, you know someone. His real last name is Rock? <laughs> <laughs> he was actually working under his shoot name in um, NXT before they rebranded him. So he went from Jonah Rock to Jermaine Haley to Bronson Reed. Weird. I like Jermaine. Jermaine. Yeah, get that love yeah. for... Uh... Jermaine. Hey, Jermaine. <laughs> Roll call. But Bronson Reed's pretty badass, man. I, it just, I don't know. I don't want to bury a, a you know, a, a friend's <laughs> name, but I, not a, I don't think it suits him. That's just me. I don't know. But, but I Kevin hope he has all of the fucking, success in the world with it, though. When Kevin first came to NXT, he sent me a list of the names that they were trying to give him, and they were fucking ridiculous. <laughs> any when, any one was like Ned, Ned something. <laughs> Oh, that is fun. Um, but yeah, that match that he had us watch was pretty incredible. We had uh, a Rez, a uh, Latigo, or and, a Latigo, um, or something. And Dragon Bane, right? Yeah, and Dragon Bane. And honestly, if if you want to see Lucha Chain wrestling <laughs> where it takes place the entire match, where it, it almost seemed like these guys... Never did not have a hand on the other two guys. Like they were literally linked the entire match. It was amazing. Like and all of the actual commitment to the the, the three way match gimmick. Like I have not seen that much commitment to the the three way dance type of match since like probably that fucking match that happened in ECW forever ago between um Terry Funk, Shane Douglas, and is it Sabu? Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
or that, that much inventiveness with it. Because obviously we get a lot of convoluted three-way spots in, in modern three-way wrestling. But these guys in this Lucha match, like, just blew it out of the – they hit it out of the park, like blew it out of the water kind of thing. And um, I was so impressed. Like you were saying, the chain, um, and then it just kept ramping up and up and up. And this was a hard crowd as well. They were doing some awesome shit. Wait for the, you know, do the, the standoff for the crowd applause. Fucking nothing. <laughs> this, <Yeah. laughs> this Mexican crowd was like, we will we will hold our applause and see what you have next, fellas. Yes, that was something <laughs> interesting, sir. But no, Chris made, or Cassius Ono made a very good point how it wasn't necessarily like the most crisp lucha. Like there was a little bit of fuck ups. It wasn't per- perfect, but the sheer genius of being able to link this entire match together. And I am no hyperbole when I'm saying like literally they almost linked the entire match. Like Mm. there was one guy had a submission on the other guy at the same time, but the other one, some guy comes in, he's it's fucking bananas, man. And like the pinning combinations and like multi-man spots that will go for this pin to that pin to this submission to then that roll up. So inventive. Yeah. But, I mean, by the standards of, of indie lucha, I am normally used to a lot more of a rough ride than this. So when, when Hero said about the, um, you know, not being perfect, I was like, no, for the standards of independent lucha, this is fucking perfect. <laughs> I'm normally used to a lot more roughness. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> yeah, actually, I heard uh, some comedian was talking about recently how he went on a trip down to Mexico and they did it, a bunch of crazy shit. But the best part was the Lucha show they went to where the guys a lot of times are swinging and completely missing and they're still mm-hmm. selling. But it's still such a fucking great show that you don't give a damn. Yeah. Where like a guy will miss and he'll say, oh, shit, like audibly. <laughs> there's something about <laughs> Lucha. There's something about Lucha to me where it, it gets so much more of a pass from me. Where if it was like any other wrestling, I'd just be like, oh, fucking boo, you know. But there's something about Lucha to where it just... It suspends that a little bit more, you know? You're a little bit more forgiving for, for I don't even know why. Like, the, the kicks and stuff are always way, way softer. Um, stuff, like, just looks way choreographed. But it's, like, to a point, you're just like, that's that's just Lucha Libre, dude. You know? You yeah, just have it's, to... like, it's cool. Like, they, they're dancing. They're doing this long choreographed dance, and it, it's not going to be perfect every time. When it is, it's great, but it's still fun regardless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, it's funny, like, the line between the choreographedness of it and, um, like, the actual believability of it. Because it's weird. It's, like, there's there's still, like, a, a complete commitment to what they're doing um, and the way the crowd buys into it, too. But, yeah, it, I, I love this match. And I think, did you see those those springboard dives and stuff to the outside that Dragon Bane did? He's going to be the next fucking mm-hmm. big-time star. Like on the indies and everywhere, more promoters. Everyone needs to get on onto this dude. I dug it, man. And all three guys I had not seen prior, but what a compelling match! Like you direct me to watch a lot of wrestling, and sometimes I am motivated to actually keep my eyes on it the entire time. And this is one of those times. Like I was watching, like what the fuck, what? The, what the heck? So go out your way to check this out. Go check out Chris Heroes or Cassius Ono's tweet. Yeah, I think this was, like, from... I can't remember the promotion, but, yeah. Just check out uh, Heroes Timeline. It was Pro Wrestling Mexico. Yeah, yeah, very very creative there with that name. <laughs> That's what I know. It's, it was so great, like, straight-up Spanish-speaking all of a sudden. Pro Wrestling Mexico. 
<laughs> I um I I was wowed in the same way by Dragon Bane as I was like first time I saw Bandito. It's that kind of thing. So, man, get get onto that. I I hope these guys have a, a lot of success internationally in the in the near future. So next up, what what else did we watch, friend? You you take control oh, of this thing. I fucking loved this match. Hawk and Cara Noir. From Riptide. Uh, from Riptide Wrestling. First off, I want to put over Riptide presentation. Again, at a company, I don't sure if they do this all the time. There was no commentary on the match. Uh, yeah, that's been the same so every pretty... every show that I've, I've watched from Riptide. Awesome. No commentary, just uh, awesome filming and, and visual presentation. The presentation reminded me of the way they shoot uh, Defy, actually. Close-up mm-hmm. cams. Lots Similar of lighting. Uh, lighting, yeah, the smoke in the room. So, yeah, very, very cool. It was my very first time seeing Cara Noir, too, even though we spoke about him with oh, Brett. Uh, he won previously. me over so big because I had a big expectation for him because of what Brett said and from other stuff that I'd read, but I'd never really watched too much of him. So before I even watched this match, I jumped into some, to some, some other Cara Noir matches. Like, I think I watched three Cara Noir matches, like, in a row. And... Holy shit, more American promotions need to be bringing this guy over. Like, he's a guy that should be in Bowler. Yeah, cool look. Uh, one of the most unique presentations you're ever going to see. Kind of does, if you're not familiar, uh, or if you guys are familiar with Black Swan, the yeah, that's movie in the play. Yeah, he's got his face painted up like that. He's got swan wings, like a cape. Uh, only wears, like, a black single, or black tights, no shoes, but... Fucking A, man. What a gimmick. Like, the guy walks in the room, and he's like, this is a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall presence, and, like, he does the... I mean, I don't know if you'd call it, like, an exotico gimmick, but there's, like, definitely, like, a, an element of, of that that side of it to him, and he does, like, the the kiss spot um, with the, the dudes in some of his matches and, like, the licking their face, face thing. But he backs it up with just fucking amazing, hard-hitting, legit wrestling. To where it's like that that contrast is what makes the whole gimmick to me, you know? And he's fucking tough. Like the, the strikes are fucking stiff as hell. He's yeah, like, that's what I mean. When you're going against somebody some guy like Pac, dude, like you're you would think a lot of people would back down because they're kinda intimidated because he's a fucking Boston. But mm-hmm. no, no fucking guff taken by this fucking guy. And in the match, they kind of worked whether or not uh, Pac was going to show respect to him and shake his hand. And I love that story throughout the match. And he just kept going for the handshake. Such a simple, easy thing. Yeah, such an easy, mm. simple thing, but fucking translated to a great match. So good. This was interesting as well, because from the other matches that I watched, Karanoa always was the heel, whereas this was Karanoa in a, a babyface role. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was quite interesting to see different different side of him but um if you haven't seen his other stuff you really need to check out badass heel cara noir because that is its own kind of magic i will most definitely i am definitely sold me over i am a fan yeah there's one match i want to put over to everyone that i probably enjoyed even more than this match uh was a, a world of sport rounds british rounds match uh between cara noir and a dude connor mills um, from a, a promotion called Head Drop, and that was from um, December of last year. Readily available on the YouTube and on um, Cara Noir's website, and you need to see this. This was just fantastic. 
send it my way. I will watch anything you tell me, sir. <laughs> but yeah, how good was Park in this match as well? Oh, fucking great. And and I'm it's not like a we're not going down a limb on saying how tremendous Pac is, but the spots where Corridor was like uh, running his head into the turnbuckles, yeah. the way that he was selling the bump was fucking awesome. Like I saw you say about jumping that. halfway across the ring. You yeah. you remarked about that on um was it Twitter? I probably yeah yeah. And I was like fucking yeah. I cannot remember seeing someone like take a head into the turnbuckle like and and just do that with with so much effectiveness since like watching a Bret Hart match kind of thing, you know? Yeah, because it definitely helped get over the size difference between the two guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just made Car Noir look like a fucking badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. A lot of wrestling fans watch it and just enjoy the show and they like they're watching this one thing. Sometimes you have to stop and like look at the arc and seeing how this other guy's trying to get the other guy over and make him look great and mm-hmm. fuck Pac is really, really tremendous at that. Yeah. Yeah, Pac's like Oh, that so superplex. Good. Yes! The superplex was so good. His delayed, because he had it planted and ready to go for a while, but then he just gives it like the perfect amount where everyone is just like, fucking give it to us. And he takes him out straight up. And then, I, it's hard to explain. Like, it's almost picturesque how perfect he nails a fucking superplex. Well, it's like the Dynamite Kid superplex. Like, that's really yeah. like that Dynamite Kid, like Chris Benoit style You're superplex. You're like them. Yeah, just with authority, man. Just every little thing that they did. Now, I want to put over both guys for this because I I think both of them from watching quite a few of, well, not like, you know, I've watched three Cara Noir matches, but I've watched a lot of Park. But the biggest thing that I can say of of this match and both guys respectively is just that complete commitment to like the littlest thing that they're doing in the ring. Like it could just be like a small transitional spot, but they're just like giving it, they're they're all and and completely committing to make that tiniest thing look as fucking good as they possibly can and to me that's the mark of a real fucking pro wrestler one of the things i always like it's a small thing that not a lot of guys do it but when they're gonna run away from a guy into the ropes the guy's kind of leaned over like pointed toward him uh they will like brush their head one last time before they run toward the ropes kind of just kind of level it in one more time before they take off and not a lot of guys do that but it's always one of those small details that i really like when a guy pushes off the ropes you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 like they'll just lean back and punch the guy in the head one fucking last time and then take off yeah so great um i what there was another riptide car noir match that i watched that was like one of their, their best ones of last year i think as well when i was in this uh car noir watching mode uh him against mike <laughs> bailey it was a fucking awesome match. Totally recommend that one too. What's going on with Mike Bailey? my way, sir. You know, he was uh, like blowing up in PWG and then he had the bullshit with the, the Canadian-American border, right? And then he ends up working in DDT heaps. Isn't his band up in the over UK. now? I thought his band ended around the same time as fucking Super so. Smash. Yeah, I was going to say, I know the Super Smash Bros are, are good now, but... Fuck, I want to see Mike Bailey back in PWG. I want to see Mike Bailey in All Elite. I want to see him everywhere. Like, he's he's even better than what he was back in the day when he had that awesome match with Chris Hero that we both loved. I think he, isn't he dating Veda Scott? Is he? I don't know. I think, I think so. Perhaps. Not that it matters, but <laughs> I mean, if they end up getting, 
I like when there's a good uh two do, do you mean like in terms good wrestlers. Do you mean in terms of like she's an American citizen, so if they get married, he can then work in the States? Is that That's the way you're looking thing, at this? But I also like uh I also like the fact that, you know, maybe they could team up presentation wise. Mike Mike Bailey with a fucking snotty bitchy female that just makes him more interesting, you know? Ooh. Mike Bailey's awesome. I'd be down with that because he's such wrong. like a, a lovable, you know, yeah. nice guy. Him uh, being, being, you know, made to do not so good things could be like a reverse, uh, reverse Macho Man Liz kind of scenario. Yeah, or you could do one of those scenarios where he doesn't necessarily know he's a heel because his manager keeps doing all this evil stuff. Mm. You know, I like that. I like that shtick. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I just want to see more Mike Bailey, please. Um, dirty, dirty, dirty little feet. Because <laughs> people at home, he doesn't wear shoes. He doesn't wear shoes, guys. He wears kick pads with uh, with no with bare feet. So I guess he's got dirty. That was one of the funniest chants happened at PWG. They did, uh, you know, shitty little shoes for Roddy. <laughs> so for Mike Bailey, go dirty, dirty, dirty little feet. <laughs> That stuff just makes me love PWG. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah, it's uh, funny when that, they, like, the chants are like three layers deep. Like, well, where did this chant start? Well, we originally were saying Roddy's shitty little boots. It's, <laughs> it's translated. Yeah, that's what we that's what we get. Um, all right, oh, before... dude, we got to get out of here soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sendai talk. Yeah, let's get on to Sendai, girls. Um, I am just going to have a quick wee while... Uh, Jeremy, you could do the preamble to this Sendai Girl show. I'll be right back. Very professional show here. <laughs> I'm not going to preamble. So he's taken off to go urinate. Um, and apparently I'm left here to my own devices and chatting with you all. This will show you how entertaining I can be on my own. Um, I can't. I simply can't. It's I require... Uh, input in to riff off of in order for me to be funny. It's like, really, the other person is providing all the humor, and I'm just making fun of them. Um, and that's how it gets up. Chris, you have to come back. This is getting dreadful. Um, hmm. Let's go back to the old stick where I read things. So up here on my counter, directly in front of me, in my little studio here, I have a package of sriracha peas. Now, these are similar to the wasabi peas, but they're covered in sriracha. Uh, if you haven't tried these little delicious morsels, I suggest you do. The end. Sriracha P commercial. I think Chris is going back. How How Chris? is our preamble, guys? Uh, oh, how do we go? So Sendai Wrestling, uh, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> I, it's hard to talk about Sendai because literally every show is so fucking great. Uh, things are good. <laughs> but I have one question for you. Yes, yes. This week I watched a lot of it. The Comedy Girl... What mm -hmm. is her name? Because I fucking love her. Uh, so are we talking about... Um... The girl in pink. She wears the bright pink, and they give her a lot of mic time, so she, and everyone's laughing, so clearly she's hilarious. Oh, yes, yes. So that is... Damn it. Hang on. I'm not on the right event here. I'm, look I'm searching the card, guys. Um, this... This is the commitment it's the same that, I have. that we talked about last show, where she was facing a zombie girl fighting over some fruit or something of that variety. Well, this time is she they Kaoru? were actually paired up. Koru, maybe. Is that it? Maybe okay. I know well, that the, the ghost lady was Iga. 
so yeah, they're teamed up. Igar is teamed up with her and another girl. And actually, no, I think it's again, Sakura Hirota. Okay. Yep. Sakura Hirota. I am Sakura Hirota, like the flower. Like a cherry. The comedy blossom. was fucking hysterical. There was some actual legit wrestling uh, interspersed between like the the great comedy stuff, but. Man, I that girl entertains me. I need to learn Japanese just so I can know what the fuck she's saying because people really pop up the fucking conversation. She's having a great time. Like you really, you really look at people and be like, they're having as great a time wrestling as she is having a great time wrestling. She's just so happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's having a great time. <laughs> the one spot where uh, they had her, like she was, she did uh, the rope walk like old school, and then did a little lucha spot where she popped down to the second rope and then jumped back up to the first one, and then she, she looks at the crowd and kind of, like, puts herself over, like, you see what I just did? I'm fucking great. <laughs> How impressive is this, <laughs> guys? It's, it's so good. And then they uh, start walking her toward the ropes where she's, like, basically going to fall from the rope. She's almost, like, vertical with her uh, perpendicular with the mat itself. And then they come over and they put a board under her with the pointy edge That up. was so, so weird. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, fall on the board. And everyone's like, no, don't fall on the board. Yeah, uh, and it was so drawn out. Like while yes. she was standing over it, and she was having a, her arm held by the other girl, and was like just looking down at this this precarious <laughs> board. Like it was going to be the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> she just took like a front bump on this board. Yeah, it was so good. I love when they originally uh, pointed the pointy end up at her. Like she's like, no. Yeah, that would that would slice her in half right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Man, yeah, so this show we're talking about occurred on the the 7th of this month at uh, Corican Hall, uh, so not too long after the, the prior show we spoke about last time. Uh, we had that match. That was the third match on the card that we started out with, but the first match was our um, semi-awkward, weird young girls match that I I'm, I'm guess I'm a little bit more okay watching it now that we're two matches in. I don't know. Is the weirdness still there for you, my friend? What, what? You cut out for me a second. What weirdness? So the weirdness of the, the young girls division. Um, The juniors. It, it, is slight, it is slightly worrisome knowing that these are pre-teen or teenage girls beating the shit at each other. But at the same time, uh, they clearly, to some degree, know what they're doing. So no one's in any great danger. As much as danger as any wrestling moves, I suppose. But... And they're, they're really, really good. Match. As we said last yeah. time, they're they're better than, than most like women or, or majority of guys in terms of fundamentals on the US independent scene right now. And they're like one is fourteen year old, the other one's nineteen. Uh the the other girls on the other team look a little bit older, I don't know, but still. The the weirdest part about this was did you see what they called referred to this match as in the, the match graphic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So get ready for this. Uh, yeah. So this match was termed Fresh Attack. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's kind of weird for an underage girls match. It's Fresh. Fresh Attack. <laughs> it sounds like a laundry <laughs> detergent. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was fun. That was fun. That's all I had to say about that match. Um, next up, we had... Uh, Alex Lee, who I buried on the last show against um, uh, Chikayo Nagashima. I don't remember much about this match. I'm actually, no, I do. Alex uh, impressed me much more in this match than she did in the last match. Her kicks looked pretty good. 
There was some other like weird sloppy shit in there, but overall, I thought this was fine. Your thoughts? Yeah, I started the show. Uh, I did not watch it. I started the show. It was the the fresh attack. I'm like, <laughs> well, I can only have so much time to watch it. So I jumped forward, and I saw uh, that young lady we were talking about a moment ago with the comedy girl. I'm like, well, yep. I'm watching this. Yep. And then I stayed watching from after that. Nice. All right. Well, less said about this, the better. Next. <laughs> um, so then we had what I thought was the best match of the entire show. Uh, Mako Satomura against Ryo uh, Mizunami, uh, who was the the lady from the um, Double or Nothing who did the, the Lady Okada kind of gimmick. Do you remember her? Yes, I do. Yeah. And I thought this was just two veteran Joshi wrestlers just fucking beating the shit out of one, out of one another, and I just thought it was all sorts of wonderful. What did you think? Big fan. Uh, I actually liked it because the longer it got in, you saw a desperate side of Mako Satomura. Like, she looked like, what the fuck I gotta do to take this bitch out? Mm. And I love that shit. She looked like... Some wrestlers, like, look like they're really fighting and have this intensity where it doesn't look like they're playing a character, and Mako's one of those. Yeah, like, just complete commitment to what they are, to where they're just... Every moment they're there, complete believability. And I, I love that. And yeah, we saw a different side of it because I guess we're normally used to seeing a bit more of Mako Satomura beating the shit out of girls who were younger than her and murdering them. Whereas this was like working a a peer or an equal in terms of a a veteran, which was was really good. And uh, I am was a big fan. I love I love that step up axe kick. Oh yeah, that Scorpion Rising kick. Holy shit! Her her Death Valley bomb as well was just amazing. Uh, Death Valley Driver and and uh, Rio uh, Mizunami had some amazing um, lariats, like clotheslines, and I was like, "This may be the best women's like clothesline I've ever seen in my life." They were just so <laughs> solid. Yes, just murdering her with them. But yeah, this was great. Um, Post match, we had like a really nice, like kind of emotional moment between the two as well. I like that kind of stuff because even though I don't speak the language, it, it translates. You get the still. emotion, like, the, right? Yeah, you feel the emotion. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. Do you have any other thoughts on this match? Um, what was the other? Uh, Rio is the her opponent. Uh, yeah, Rio uh, Mizunami. Yeah, outside of like double death, not crazy familiar with her, but mm-hmm. I was fucking impressed. Yeah, this was like the second time I've ever seen her, honestly, like after seeing her for the first time on Double or Nothing. And I was I was very impressed by that Joshi tag on yeah, Double no, or Nothing. Like definitely uh everyone on the fucking Sendai shows I end up liking for the most part, except for like where it's five man matches where you don't get a real highlight. But I was very impressed. Especially I didn't think anybody was gonna be fucking knocking Mako around that much. Yeah, this match was like a sleeper for me because I had such high expectations for the main event and also just the host battle that we're about to talk about that I almost skipped over this match and like forgot who Ryo Mizunami was. But then she came out and I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Okada lady. And then, yeah, this just surpassed my expectations in every way. So next up was the aforementioned hot lady host battle uh, between Jihiro Hashimoto and quite the the controversial women's wrestler, Yoshiko. Do you remember Yoshiko from that uh, controversy she was involved in a little while ago, my friend? 
Wasn't she the chick from Stardom that beat the shit out of a couple bitches? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I got that vibe during the match. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this this match, I feel like, oh, this bitch is taking liberties. Yeah, you get, it's like ROH Samoa Joe kind of vibes. Like, that kind of level of dangerous murder, which I liked a lot. Like, Hashimoto as well. Dresses in coveralls, so she looks like a fucking uh, Jason Voorhees, like, (laughs) movie murderer. Yeah. Man, people were, like, so hot on her, and they still are. Anytime there's a match of hers tagged, people just get so dirty and just, like, bury her for um, when she beat the shit out of that girl. But uh, you ever watch that match? Like, she does... Her shit is fucking stiff and realistic looking, but she's not, like, someone where this person's gonna be a star because she's her personality is pretty fucking lax. Dog, doing the running again. Oh, hello. Um, I thought she does a great job of conveying that murderer danger type of thing. Like, probably the yeah. some one of the better that I've seen do that apart that's not named Aja Kong, you know? Yeah. Or Bull well, Narcanon. but it's almost to a degree where, like... I think she might be a real murderer. <laughs> yeah, like, actual <laughs> legit murderer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a but great no, thing. That was, that was fucking hard-hitting as hell. Mm-hmm. Fucking super... I was impressed uh, I, that, um, that one chick was able to hang. Yeah, I was impressed mostly by Chihiro Hashimoto, who we, we've spoke her praises quite a bit before. But in this match, like, there was a good... I thought the story of the match her just fucking out-wrestling Yoshiko and just, like, bitching her out and just, like, girthing her around and, like, legit amateur wrestling, like, smug- smothering her and stuff. Like, I I really enjoyed that stuff. And then... Um, yeah, she was handing out, eating her up. Yeah. Uh, and then also lots more... Uh, because she was firing up so much, a lot of our uh, personality from Hashimoto. Yeah, yeah. I felt like we got to see a different side of her as well. So... I um, and this was probably like the best Yoshiko match. Damn, a dog quit biting me. <laughs> it's like finish this podcast. I need playtime. Yeah, you're gonna go it's to like, a wrestling show and abandon me. Bobby is biting the shit. <laughs> Ow, fuck. <laughs> Stop it! I, uh, I yell at him and he barks back at me. <laughs> talk, talking back. All right, so then we got to our main event, the Sendai Girls World Title Match. First defense for our favorite of the show, Sari. I pronounce it like that now with the three E's. You know, you have to give it a little bit more <laughs> emphasis. Got it out, man. Yeah. Uh, against uh, Dash Chisako. Now, do you remember seeing Dash from, from pre- previous shows? Yeah, isn't she the one that uh, she faced Mako and Mako, like, basically put her over during the match, or was that a different chick? I think it was... Actually, I'm confused now. Because I I, I would initially say I thought it was different, because Dash Chisako, I think, is is normally Hiroya Matsumoto's tag partner. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, I have seen her before, but I forget in what context. But yeah, like she was part of that she's... tag against the British girls on the last show that we love so much. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And then I think she's a fucking badass. Yeah, yeah, man, she's real good. And we we watched that a her... lot about these tough broads in, in Sendai, but the stiff fucking elbows and shit always 
The slaps. I don't know, maybe it's because it is more realistic and all the slaps. You're like, just man, these chicks don't give a fuck. It's great though because it's so fresh. Because like you have a certain perception, and I hate to say it, but like I think people have lowered standards sometimes for for women's wrestling, at least for what they see in like a big yeah. time American presentation. And then you watch this, sure. and you're like, "Fuck that lowered presentation." These girls are like better than most guys, and they're not afraid to hit one another at all. I, yeah, um, I, I honestly, I was expecting because Sari, the, the match with Sweet Cedar with Hashimoto, she was still able to hold her own, chill out, dog. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was not expecting the other chick to get as much offense. Yeah. He is um, literally pissed. You hear him growling? <laughs> he is. He's not taking this shit no more. He's like, wrap this podcast up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now this was a real good match. I, I think this was actually a rematch of um, uh, that, that match that I got you and John to watch on um, on YouTube when we did our last show together. And it was like a much smaller show. And it was just one of their free YouTube shows that they put up. Um, and they had a really underrated match in this one, so I was I loved that, so I I was quite on board for this one, and uh, it went a bit shorter than I thought it was going to go though. I think it only clocked in at like thirteen minutes, twelve minutes, something like that. Yeah, but honestly, like, but it was fire for while it was there. Minute, yeah, a great thirteen minute match. I was really what was it, what do you say? Uh, what's the name of the other girl besides Sari? Dash Chisako. Dash. Yeah. Dash. Fuck it, a, man. Cool look too. Like, yeah, I like the the biker leather and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. She um, she's just real, real good. She's another one of the girls that you don't hear enough good things about. I um, and I hope that we have Sari stay around because she all in addition to did you see the other belt that she came out with in addition to the Sendai Girls one. Mm. The that's the Diana Championship, and I am still hunting down that match where she won that Diana belt. Um, from Aja Kong, like that singles match. I need that in my life, and like nothing from Diana comes out. Like I've been scouring the internet for it. I don't know if I'm ever going to see it, man. That's real Hi, sad buddy. about that. Yeah, uh. it's my new Tom McGee versus Bret Hart match. <laughs> <laughs> Tom McGee versus Sari. Yeah, yeah. It happen. Oh, cross the fingers. But yeah, I hope Sari sticks around. Um. I uh, remember the the talk of the the picture that Triple H got with her, so she's definitely on that um, WWE NXT uh, radar. But like you watch her here, and you're like, she's not going to be able to show one tenth of that in that environment. It's going to be like Kenta all day. She reminds me of like a mixture of Oscar and Io Shirai. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. Like the badass. No take, no guff, but uh, actually, my apologies, Kyrie Sane. Still cute and adorable, like, mm. and sweet and innocent looking, but a fucking just a. But she will fucking kill bitch. you. Yeah, she will fucking knock your jaw. <laughs> the one thing that maybe right, about this match. Bites me more. Yeah, yeah, right, we'll wrap it up. But yeah, I was just going to say one thing about this match. We didn't get to see Dickhead Sari as much as we normally do. She was almost like a bit more of a just baby face. Which was a bit different. Yeah, not slapping anybody around and rubbing it in. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully next time we get a bit more of that that dickhead side of her, as we are now just unofficially the the Sendai Girls recap show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to skip it one week so people don't get a, 
<laughs> like these guys just suck Sendai dick the whole show. <laughs> hey, enough people talk about stardom and shit. More people need to talk about Sendai girls. That's where it's at. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here, man. Let's get into the plugs and upcoming events. Wait, no. We don't have upcoming <laughs> events. <show. laughs> All right, my plugs. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter or Instagram at James Vanderbeek. J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. Uh, you can get a picture of the obnoxious little puppy that was interrupting the podcast the entire show. You need uh, to his see name this is Bronx, picture. And he's cool. He's fucking adorable. Yep. Every time I see a picture now, I'm stealing Courtney's gimmick and I'm doing the cry face emojis. Yeah, understood. Understood. <laughs> um, so you can uh, also follow me at uh, Chris Things, more so at Chris Things on the Instagram. I've been a little bit slack lately because I've had uh, some commissions that are in the works and are almost done. Then I get to move on to the next thing. I also have a very exciting upcoming announcement that I might be able to get into in the next show. Uh, but Ooh. yeah, I'll, I'll get some more content up there for you. Let you see what I've been doing. And also if you want anything of your own, uh, please hit me up. Got lots of tasty prints of a obscure wrestling variety just waiting for you. So all that at Chris things on Instagram. Uh, thanks as always to the great team at social suplex, uh, the social suplex podcast network. Uh, you've got a bunch of great shows from the all things, uh, elite podcast who we, we've kind of jacked a lot of their shit. Oh, well, uh, we've got a new one. Danny's chop shop. <laughs> we jacked who shit. Well, the, the all things elite guys, that's, that's the thing. They talk about elite and we just, we talked about Elite as well. We got some doubling up happening, you know? Well, we talk about the world of wrestling. So if they don't like it, maybe they should stop talking about something so specific and be more general, I guess. Oh, am I smelling a turf Suck war it. here? You know what? <laughs> Dang, she's getting serious here. Uh, We've also got Ricky and Clive. Uh, we've got uh, you bring it, bring it, Ricky and Clive. Fuck you! No, just... whoa, <laughs> man! Jeremy's just murdering show. everyone. <laughs> Where you at, Jeremy Donovan and Josh? Fuck strong style. <laughs> oh, oh. Also, uh, One Nation Radio, and of course, our, our good friends at Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, Jeremy and uh, and Josh. Yeah. Only room for one Jeremy up in this place, motherfucker. <laughs> oh we have fun we have fun yeah. uh, and you can enjoy all of this fun keep track of the fun uh, at the twitter handle of at grown men pod stay tuned for future shows or, or shows like this where we, we're going to do a show and then it gets a bit delayed and then uh, we, we say we're going to do it the next day and then we end up doing it today instead but uh, hey it's the fun world of podcasts I'm going now from discussing wrestling to go watching more wrestling it's it's a sickness uh thanks for coming along with us <laughs> but we all enjoy the sickness together don't we and that's that's what yes, that's what it's all about that's what this show is about we're all reveling indeed. in the dumbness aren't we yes sir and hey also don't forget get swifty ladies and germs Bye. there we Ow, go fuck. <laughs> jumped up and bit me again <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I'll talk to you soon.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.